five lines from the bottom of Daflam and Vavim Beis, and the Gemara quotes from a Mishnah on Daflam and Heim Beis that stated that if Ruvain is also to have enough from Shimon, that Shimon could be Malamde Medrash Halachas Vagodes. Shimon could still teach Ruvain Medrash Halachas Vagodes. However, Shimon cannot teach Ruvain Tanach, and even though Shimon can't teach Ruvain himself, however, Shimon could teach either Ruvain's sons or his daughters to learn Tanach. And our Gemara begins Mikra My Time Loyalamdenu. Why is it that Shimon cannot teach Tanakh to Ruvain? Because even though we know that Mitzvah's Lavlohan is Nitnu, but in those days there was certain requirements that the Minig was that people would pay someone to learn with them Torah and learn with them Tanakh. And therefore, in a case where Shimon waives that fee and doesn't get paid for teaching Ruvain Tanakh, so Ruvain can't learn from Shimon because then he's considered that he's getting kind of from Shimon. And it's Mashmur from the Ran that the Ran says, that the only time that Ruvain can't learn from Shimon is only when Shimon waives that fee. However, if actually Reuven pays the fee, then the din would be that Reuven can learn from Shimon, as it's not considered he's having kind of from Shimon. However, the Tyson Rid argues on this point, and he holds once it's a standard that people pay for a specific service, then even though Reuven pays for that service, it's still considered Hanah, and therefore Reuven would not be able to learn with Shimon Torah, even if he pays Shimon for his services. And the Gemara asks, Medrash Nami in the case of Medrash, why did our Mishnah say that Reuven can learn with Shimon if Reuven is not paying Shimon, and therefore he should be able to learn with him. And the Gemara answers, that the Mishnah is talking about a case where it was the standard practice that they would take a payment for teaching so in Tanakh, but they would not be paid if they taught someone Medrash Halachas and Agadis. And therefore, since Shimon is not waiving his fee, as no one charges for teaching so in Medrash Halachas and Agadis, therefore, Reuven is allowed to learn from Shimon, and it's not considered that Shimon gave an Anar to Reuven. And the Gemara says, my psaka, and as Rush says, how do you know that in all cases there's only a possibility that someone will take schar for teaching Torah and not for teaching Medrash Halachas and Agadis and maybe it should be just the opposite and we continue on Daflam and Zayin and Alv HaKam Ashpul and the Chiddush of our Mishnah is and in the place where the minig is to take schar and to take a wage for teaching Mikra to people the din is that you could take that wage and it's not also to get paid for teaching Torah however if there would be a place that the minig is to take a wage for teaching Medrash Halachas and Agadis you're not allowed to take that wage, as we will see in a moment, based on a Pasuk. And the Gemara now asks, Why is it that by Medrash, that a person is now take a wage in order to teach Medrash? And the Gemara brings a Pasuk in Bahashas Dvar, and as it says in the Pasuk, that Moshe Rabbeinu told Klayosov before he died, that at that time, by Hemayim Hasinai, HaKadosh Baruch commanded me to teach you Chukim Mishpatim, and I taught you Chukim Mishpatim, and I didn't charge you, and it says in the Pasuk in Dvarim again, that see that I taught you just like HaKadosh Baruch Hu taught me so I learned from HaKadosh Baruch Hu that HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not charge me for teaching me Torah and therefore I also did not charge you when I taught you Torah and just like I taught you also when you teach others you should not charge them for teaching them Torah he says that Moshe Rabbeinu did not take payment from Klai because Moshe Rabbeinu was very wealthy and the Gemara now is, if we learn this from the Pasuk, then even by Tanakh, how could it be that Shari and the Gemara answers, Rav Rav says that in Chanami, you're not taking payment for teaching Torah to people, but since Tanakh is generally taught to children that are under 10 years old, and as we know, Ben Esel Mishnah, and the Rebbe doesn't get paid for teaching them, the Rebbe gets paid for his babysitting services and for watching these children, and as the Rosh says, that to watch them, 
that they shouldn't go running around the streets and they will damage things and they'll be mechunach for bad things. And Rabbi Yechelen says, the reason why a Rabbi gets paid for teaching someone Torah is because he's teaching them the trap, the proper niggin as to how to read the words. And of course, that helps a person understand exactly how to put the words together in Torah as various trap put different words together. Various trap separate words. For example, when you have a snachta, it's as if you have a comma, etc. And as we will see in a moment, that according to Rabbi comes out that the only time that a person is allowed to take payment for teaching is only for children. And according to Rabbi Echron, a person can take schar even for teaching gedolim. In addition, as we will see later on, according to Rabbi Echron, Rabbi Echron holds that schar pisik taimim is actually only a dindra bonon and not deraisa, because if it would be deraisa, then the din of ma'ani bechinam, afatam nami bechinam, should apply and you should not be able to charge for those services. And based on what we just learned, it comes out that the way to understand our Mishnah is, since in general it's mutter to take a payment and take a wage for teaching Torah, and it's not mutter to take a wage to teach Medrash Goddess. However, there was certain places that wouldn't take a wage even when teaching Mikra, and in Chinami, those places, there would not be a difference between Mikra or Medrash Goddess, and Shimon would be able to teach Ruvain Mikra Medrash Goddess, as since Shimon is not waiving the fee, since in those places it was not standard to charge, so therefore, there's no Hanar that Shimon is giving to Ruvain, and even though, of course, there's Hanar to Ruvain because he's learning Torah, but Mitzvah Slav Lahan is not new. However, our Mishnah is talking about a case where the meaning in that place was that people would take a wage for teaching Torah, and therefore the Mishnah teaches us, of course, since he's not allowed to charge for teaching Medrash Halach Vagadis, therefore Shimon could teach that to Ruvain. However, since the standard was that Shimon generally should charge Ruvain, and in this case he was waiving that fee, and therefore Shimon would not be able to teach Ruvain Torah by waiving the fee, that's considered a Hanar to Ruvain. And Duran also points out, that if someone teaches someone Medrash, or for example nowadays Gemara, you're not allowed to really take Schar, that's only Schar but the payment for being bottled from other Malachis, deciding to dedicate yourself to teaching Torah, that's the reason why a person could get paid nowadays, and that's the heter that was Saimichan nowadays, Ayin in Niran, that he brings this from Yerushalmi, Ayin Shum. The Gemara continues, and we'll ask a Kashan Rav that said that the reason why you're allowed to pay for teaching Torah is Schar Shimo. So the Gemara brings, Tzvam, we learned it on Mishnah, Lo Yilam Denu Mikra, that Shimon cannot teach Ruvain Torah, and the Gemara is having me that the Gemara feels that Amish is talking about a case where Ruvain is a Gadol and he was us to have enough of Shimon and Ruvain is not allowed to learn Torah from Shimon and the Gemara is according to that says it's for Shah Pisik Taimim then as we mentioned it wouldn't make a difference if it's a Katan or a Gadol and therefore of course the Mishnah makes sense that Shimon cannot teach Ruvain Torah because Shimon is waiving his fee of teaching Ruvain Torah which is enough for Ruvain but according to Rav that says that the Shah you gain paid for is Shah of Shimon which only applies to a cotton. So how could our Mishnah say that Shimon can't teach Ruvain Torah if Ruvain is a Gadol and therefore of course there was no Shashim over here and it's impossible to find a case where Shimon was waiving his fee to Ruvain. It's also for Shimon to teach Ruvain for a fee. The more answer is cotton Tani that Rav will learn that our Mishnah is talking about a scenario where Ruvain was a cotton. That's why the Mishnah teaches us that although Shimon is really allowed to take a wage from Ruvain in order to teach him Torah and if Shimon waives that fee then Ruvain would be also to learn Torah from Shimon as he's getting Hanar and receiving Hanar from Shimon. And two quick points. Number one, how could it be that Reuven is actually also to have Hanar from Shimon if Reuven is a cotton and Reuven is not someone that is Shaykh to Nadarim? Now, of course, he can't make his own Nadarim. And also, since he's a cotton, it shouldn't even be possible for Shimon, for example, to say to Reuven that I'm asking you to have Hanar from me because Lechayr, he's a cotton. And the Rajba explains that we're talking about a case where this cotton was a Mufla Hasamach and therefore he's allowed to make Nadarim. And not only can he make Nadarim, but if someone
someone else makes a nether and he says that Reuben, who is a cotton, should be also to have enough for me, the nether would be chal. And number two, we have to understand that in Chanabi, even though the nether was chal, Lemaisa, why should we care if Shimon teaches Reuben Torah if Lemaisa Reuben is not yet a gadol and he's not mechuyu b'mitzvahs and mechuyu the isra ba'yachad is not relevant to a cotton? And the Ran explains that Afagav the cotton eichel in the bailis, even though if a cotton is eating the bailis, ain bezem mitzumim lafrishai. However, certainly loisafidin lebi yadayim, you don't give a cotton the bailis be yadayim and chasham lamdei harayu mahanoi and by Shimon teaching Torah, that is considered as if Shimon is feeding trefis to Ruvain and therefore he's not allowed to do so. And the Rajba says this with a different twist that he says that filo be'isaneda havalei leal kibos chazir. Shimon teaches Torah to Ruvain, it's considered as if he's giving him bos chazir. V'osalachilu b'dayim v'zeshu malabdei harayu machilu b'yadayim. However, even without this teretz, the Rajba actually brings a first teretz and he brings from a gemara mesech tzidah that kol she yeshnu ba'flo yeshnu ba'yachal that since the Rajba already said that this cotton is a cotton that's mufla samchul ish and therefore he's able to make the darm therefore he already has the issa of ba'yachal nidrai. The gemara now continues ibe cotton if we're saying that lefi rav our mishnah is dafka speaking about a cotton ema sefer let's see the sefer of mishnah av malamin is bala mikra that shimon could teach the children of ruvein torah and the gemara is cotton by bonamu is a cotton someone that could have children of course a cotton couldn't have children and therefore how could we explain our mishnah that's talking about a cotton and the gemara says chasur mechzor bachitani ein chinami the way we have to understand the mishnah is as follows loyalam denu mikra be cotton that a person cannot teach torah to a cotton because because shimon is entitled to schashima and since shimon is waiving that fee therefore it's considered not to vain however the safe is discussing a gadol that im hayagadol melam de loy uleban of mikra however if ruvin was a gadol then shimon could teach ruvin torah because of course if you have, there is no minig in any place that someone could teach you gadol and get paid for it and therefore of course shimon was not waving his fee to ruvin even though shimon may be waving his fee to teach ruvin's children torah he is still allowed to teach ruvin's children torah as even though there is some sort of hanah that ruvin is getting however that's a grammar and therefore it's mutter by the case of the dharm and Tyson tries to explain why it actually is mashma from the mishnah that we're talking about a cotton ratio whereas in the safe we're talking about a gadol so Tyson says the following lashon and that's referring to a person that the standard is to teach a mikra cotton and that is specifically referring to a cotton the Gemara continues and asks another question on Rav. The din is that a young child cannot be taught new material on Shabbos. However, they can learn and chazer on Shabbos even if it's only the first time that they're reviewing that material. And the Gemara's Havmina is that this Brisa is talking about Shabbos and the issue is it's also for a person to get paid for working on Shabbos as it's near Mecca or maybe it is actually Mecca The Gemara is and it says the schar that a Rebbe gets for teaching Torah is for the schar or pisik taimim hainu to incur mitchil b'shabes. So it makes sense that you can't teach it initially on Shabbos because then you teach them the pisik taimim. But once the Rebbe already taught them the trap and now they're just chazring, so that's not a problem to do on Shabbos because the Rebbe is not going to get paid for that in any case. According to Rav that says that the reason why a Rebbe gets paid for teaching children is for watching them, then how can you be mechalik and I might incur mitchil b'shabes? Why is it that the Rebbe can't teach them initially and new material? on Shabbos and yet they can learn with them and they can review things on Shabbos in both cases they still have the Shabbos that the Rebbe is going to be paid for watching these children on Shabbos and of course it should be us in either case and the Gemara says and according to Rabbi Yechon is it better is it Shaykh that you're going to tell me that on Shabbos and teaching the Nigan and teaching Trap on Shabbos should be also even if you're going to get paid since this Rebbe teaches children the entire week so it's considered that it's swallowed up in the schar of the rest of the week 
week, the Avla Mishushari, although Schah Shabbos is Zasa, however, Ali Day Avla, it's mutter to get paid on Shabbos. The Tanya, as we learned in the Brisa, Seiches Apoel, if a Gizba hires a worker, Lishba Satinik, either to guard the Tinik, and they used to have children that lived in an area where they made sure that they did not become Tame in order that they could do the Avoida and they could take care of the Paraduma, because they wanted to make sure the Paraduma was done in extreme Tyra. As the Ran brings, Shay Megadlin Tinik is Bechatseris Habduyas Al Gabi Asalam, Tekevatayim, Kadesh Yimlu Mayim Mayim, Lakadish Efa Para, and they would also hire workers, Lishma Sapara, to guard the Paraduma to make sure that no oil went on the Paraduma and that the Paraduma did not get a mum. The Gizboy used to also hire people to watch the Zrayim and to watch the Tua that was growing that would eventually be used for the Oymah and for the Shteya Lechem. The Brayse teaches us, Shabbos. You can't pay this guard for Shah Shabbos because it's also to do so, as we said, that Therefore, since this person was not getting a Shah for Shabbos, and we continue on if it's lost or it's stolen on Shabbos, then this Shoymah is not going to be Chayiv to replace it and to pay for it because it's considered Shoymah Chinam and it's part of Grave of Aveda. However, if this guard is paid by the week, by the month, by the year, or for seven years, then Reuven could get paid even for Shabbos, as it's not nearer Kishcha Shabbos because it's Muvla into the rest of the week. And as Duran explains, since he didn't mention Beferish, that this is a payment for Shabbos itself, but you swallow it up into the rest of the week. Therefore, for example, if Reuven is getting paid a salary of $700 for an entire week in order to work for seven days, it's considered as if he got paid a little bit more than $100 per day, and on Shabbos, we don't look at it as if he was paid. But Lemaisa, he is being paid a wage for Shabbos, and therefore, if the actual item would be lost or stolen, then he would be chayib b'chuson, because he is a shayim esacha. Taisus bade dalachera, we know the Gemara teaches us, and should be different on Shabbos than the rest of the week, but that's only when it's chavtzacha, when it's your chayfids. However, by chavtzir shemayim it should be muta, and therefore, why should it be that you can't get paid for Shabbos if all these things that we're talking about were doing mitzvahs as he was watching the paraduma, etc. And Taisus says, "Ve'ein lahakshes chavtzir shemayim who don't ask that lachayir is chavtzir shemayim as the kabbalah scah love chavtzir shemayim who by the fact that he's getting an actual payment that can never be included in chavtzir shemayim ayin sham." The Gemara continues that Rav states that lachayir you can't ask me a question from this brisa because it must be that the reason why the brisa says and it's also for a child to learn new things on Shabbos and it's mutter for them to chazer something on Shabbos is not because of schah Shabbos because otherwise even if you are bechon there would be a problem as it should be even mutter to teach new things because it's only our idea of law and therefore the Rebbe should be able to be paid and therefore the reason for the brisa must be different and the Gemara explains El Gabi Shabbos Hayim Taimer they incur mitchila the reason why in Shabbos that a Rebbe cannot teach new things to children Mishum the Yiftu Avaser and the Yenuka the because if the child has yeshiva that day and he's learning new things, then the father will not be want to be mevatel Torah and he will not want him to stop learning and take him out of yeshiva. The father won't be able to mukhaim in Shabbos and he won't be able to spend more time with his children on Shabbos. As the Quran says, Shabbos hatinekis painting the mitzvah Shabbos umishdashinim hatinekis v'miyukra hatinekis l'chatchila yechayshin l'betulam and he won't want to be mevatel them and therefore he won't be able to spend enough time with his children. Rosh says if the children will learn new things, it will be chomer v'yitzrichin laharach and they would have to wait and learn for a long time in yeshiva, and they will wait for the suda for a long time, and that's the bitl of Ainuk Shabbos. However, whatever they learned yesterday, and now they're chazring, shining by a yom, because they won't have such a long period of learning, and it won't delay the suda Shabbos. And based on this, Tysus points out that this has nothing to do with the Rebbe, and even a father shouldn't learn new things with his children, because ultimately it will hold him back from Ainuk Shabbos. And the Gemara continues with another reason, 
or I could tell you that the reason why you can't learn new things with children on Shabbos, since on Shabbos, children eat and drink, and therefore they become much more lethargic, and they can't focus on their learning because they ate and drank that day more than their standard. Could Amishmul, just like Shmuel taught us, that once someone changed their standard, she invests, that causes stomach ailments. And Iran says, since initially when you're learning something new, it needs much more ian, therefore that will hold them back from learning, and therefore we say that you shouldn't learn new things with children. However, of course, you're allowed to chazer with them. And the Gemara continues, that held that the reason why you're allowed to pay someone that's teaching Torah is because of my time why don't he say the grab and say it's the schar of watching children? And our guess is because he holds in our Mishnah, not only talking about a case where there was a male that was us have enough from Shimon, but it's also talking about a case where there was a girl that was us to have enough from Shimon. And since it's not a derech for a woman to go outside, as the Pusik says, therefore it wouldn't be possible to pay someone to teach Torah to a girl because, of course, there is no schashima for a girl. And therefore it must be that since the Mishnah stated that we're dealing with a place where the minig was that the Rebbe would get paid for teaching children Torah, and we're talking about both males and females, so it must be the reason why a Rebbe could get paid is not because of schashima, but it must be because of Pisitaimim, and Iran brings another gear so that the Gemara's text is Gadol Mi Bayishima, that according to Rabbechon, he understood that the Mishnah was not only talking about a cotton, it's also talking about a Gadol. And as we explain, according to Rab's Shita, that the reason why someone gets paid for teaching Torah is based on Shashima, a Gadol doesn't need Shima, and therefore it wouldn't make sense that our Mishnah would say that a Gadol can't learn from Shimon and he can't learn Torah if Lachaira, there is no case where Shimon would be allowed to charge Ruvain, and therefore there's no case where Shimon is waving that fee to Ruvain. And therefore Rabbechon says, it must be the reason is because Shah Pisiktaimim, and that's why Shimon really could take a wage from Ruvain, even though Ruvain is a Gadol, because he's teaching him the Pisiktaimim. That's why the Mishnah teaches us that if Shimon waves that fee, then Ruvain's now have enough of Shimon, and therefore Shimon can't teach him Torah. And the Gemara continues, according to Rad that hold, the reason why a Malamit Tunekis gets paid is for Shashima, my time Pisiktaimim, why didn't he go with the Rabbi Yechlin Svara, which would be even on a Gadol as well? And the Gemara answers, Kasava Pisiktaimim Duraisu, he says, for Pisiktaimim, it's not possible to ever get paid because it's a dunderaisa, and since it's a dunderaisa, it goes into the pasuk of chukum mishpatim, and we learned that before. Ma'ani bechinam af atem nami bechinam. This machlek is between Rav and Rabbi Yechon. If pesik timim is deraisa like Rav holds, or like Rabbi Yechon, that's not deraisa, is based on the following: the Amr Rabbi Ikba Ovid, Amr Rav Chananel, Amr Rav. And the following member is said over in the name of Rav, and we will see that pesik timim is deraisa. Ma'adichsev. What does the pasuk mean in Nehemiah when Ezra was coming back to Eretz Yisrael from Gaul's bubble and he was coming back for the second? And the Pasuk says, And that's referring to the explanation and the Targum of the Torah, which is Mefarish the Torah. This is referring to the Kabbalah as to where each Pasuk ends and where each Pasuk starts. And that because you have the ends of each Pasuk and you know exactly where to start and stop, so when we understand the Torah and without them, we wouldn't understand exactly what the Torah means. And Vyavinu B'mikros, that piece of time is referring to the trap, which once again explains the Torah, because based on the trap, we're able to see where we pause and where we make a comma and which words go together. And of course, that helps us understand the Torah. And we see that Rav held that piece of time is the Raisa, but Amrila and some explain when it says in the passage, Vyavinu B'mikros, that's not referring to piece of time because they hold that piece of time is the Rabbanon, as Rabbi Yechon seems to hold in our Gemara, and therefore they learn that when it says Vyavinu B'mikros, that's referring to when you're going to have for your serious, 
which words in the Torah should be written chasa without a vav, and which words should be written as yisairis, and for example, include a vav. The Gemara continues, and we will read the words of Rabbi Yitzchak, and then we'll explain it. So Amr Rabbi Yitzchak, mikra seifim, v'ita seifim, v'krayim v'leksivim, v'ksivim v'lekrayim, halacha l'meshim isinai, and the Gemara now explains each one. Mikra seifim, what is he referring to when it says mikra seifim? And the Ran explains, mikra seifim, hakriya shemasulana reshenim, shenikra seifim, this is referring to the way that we should read the words, and this is based on a Messiah that was given to us by the Rishonim, who are called Seifrim. And the Gemara brings three examples, Eretz, which we read as Eretz, Shemayim, and Mitzrayim. Now, though in most cases, when the Torah says the word Eretz, we read it as Eretz. However, when it comes at Nasnachta, or at the end of a Pasuk, then we read it as Eretz. And some explain the same applies to Shemayim and Mitzrayim. Now, although if Shemayim and Mitzrayim are in the middle of a Pasuk, you read it as Shemayim or Mitzrayim. However, once it says Nasnachta, or at the end of the Pasuk, you read it as Shemayim or Mitzrayim. However, the Ran learns this as a different din, and he learns that since the word Shemayim or Mitzrayim is written without an Aleph, so it could be that people will read it as Shemim or Mitzrim. The Mikra Seifim, as to how to exactly read this word, that you should read it as if it has an Aleph, and it was written as Shin Aleph Mem Aleph Yud Mem, and we read it Shemayim, or even though Mitzrayim is not written as Mem Tzadik Resh Aleph Yud Mem, we still read it as Mitzrayim. That is actually something that is a Kabbalah, and it was Halach Sinai. And the Gemara continues with the second dinner of Bitzok, Ita Seifim, the beautification of the Svarim, and the beautification of the Torah, and the Lashon of Eter is like a Lashon of a crown that is referring to extra words that are written in Torah in order to make the language much more beautiful. As Ran says, as it enhances the Lashon of the Torah. And the Gemara brings five different examples. And let's quickly go through the Pesukim. The Pesuk says, and really the Pesuk could have said, and if you eat, then you'll leave, even though that would have been a shorter way to write this, still the Torah added this extra word and said, in order to beautify the Lashin. And the same by Lovin and Rivka, and really could have said, and the same by Mises Moshe, it says, and it could have said, and once again, it could have said, and it uses the extra Lashin of and finally, the Pasuk says, And since by the Mishpatim it says that your Mishpatim are Tahim Rabbah, are like the depths, and it doesn't say a chaf, so by Sitkoska Kahare El, it could have said, that your Tzedek is considered like the great mountains, and this extra chaf is also coming in order to beautify the language. And I in the Ran for another Pshat in Agamara, and the Gemara continues with the third din of Rabbi Yitzchak, creating like Sivan. There are certain words in the Torah that are read, even though they're not written in the Torah. Prasta Belechta, all of these are read in the Torah, even though they're not actually written in the Torah. And let's quickly go through the Pesukim. The first Pesuk in the Shmuel, it says, And then we add in the word Pras, so it's as if it said, The second Pesuk is again in Shmuel. So we add in the word ish even though it doesn't say the word ish. The third is in Yermia, and we add in the word ba'im. And the fourth is a pasuk in Yermia where we add in the word law in the word where it says plato. And instead of this pasuk saying alihi plato, we add in and we say alihi la plato. And the fifth is in Rus where we add in the word s. And instead of saying bayan bayez v'yemula who got who galik kolasha osis is we say who got who galik is kolasha osis is and the fifth is once again in Rus.
Shabbos, and we end in the word Eli in the Pasuk B'negeya Goyren, and instead of reading Batayme Eli, Kalash Atayme Esa, we say Batayme Eli, Kalash Atayme Eli Esa. And finally, the seventh example is once again in Rus, and we end in the word Eli in the Pasuk B'negeya Sayyim, as instead of reading the Pasuk Batayme Sheshe Sayyim Eil Nasanli Ki Oma Al Tavayu Rekam El Chamasech, we read it Ki Oma Eli Al Tavayu Rekam El Chamasech. And even though Agamur brought seven examples, and it brought one of the examples of Esther, who got who got, however, the Ran says that that one would not go as the word S in our Megillus Rus is not only something that we read, but it's also written in Megillus Rus, and therefore it's not something which is a Cree and not a Ksiv. And the Gura and Ice Bays also takes out these words. And even though the Ran says that our Megillus Rus is actually a Cree and a Ksiv, however, in our Megillus Rus, it's actually not written and it's not read that way either, and we actually do not have the word S. And the Mepharshim explained that although the Rush over here says that the word S that the Agamar is referring to is, as we explained, Hugad Hugadli, Ace Kalasha Asis Eschamoiseich, however, they explained that the Ran is actually discussing the word Eschamoiseich that it says right afterwards, and in Khanami, we do have this as a Korean Ksiv. And the Gemara continues, what are the five examples of things that are written in Torah, but we don't read them? The Gemara brings five examples, Nadi Yislach, and we continue on Daflam Chesom and Alf, Zois Ta Mitzvah, Yidreich Ta Doirech, Chamesh to Pas Negev, and Im de Chigael, Halling Savim Vlaikarian, and these things are written, but they're not read in the Torah. And the first one is a Pasuk Malachim where it says, Yislach No Hashem Abducha and we don't read the word no. And the second is Zaysta Mitzvah, which the Ran says is found in Pashas Veschanon. There are actually a couple of different choices in Pashas Veschanon, but the Pasuk in Dvarim, Perak Vav Paskal says, Vizaysa Mitzvah Chukimav Mishbatim, and in Perak Ches, Pasuk of Ches, it says, Vaat the Poya Mighty Madi, Adabri Lechas, Kola Mitzvah Chukimav Mishbatim. And the Ran then says, Velenumsa Bisfam Shalanu, that we don't have this Kabbalah, and we don't take out the word Vizais, and we actually read it as Vizaysa Mitzvah Chukimav Mishbatim. And the second Pasuk, we actually don't have the word Vizais written there either, so it's definitely not a Kriyaksib either. And Duran says later on that maybe it's not referring to Zoysa Mitzvah, but it's referring to the word Zois by Nefesh that says in Pasuk and Yirmiya, Chai Hashem Asha'asalonu is a Nefesh Azais. And the third is a Pasuk and Yirmiya that says, Al Yidrech Yidrech Hadayr Kashtai. And the second word Yidrech we remove. And the fourth is a Pasuk and Yichesko that says, Be'ilumidisa, Pa'as Safar and Chamish Meis, Fa'abasalafim, Upas Negev, Chamish Chamish Meis. So we take out the second word Chamish in this Pasuk. And the fifth is a Pasuk in Rus, in Paragimel, Pasuk Yud that says, ki amnam, ki im and we take out the word im, and we read it as ki and how in Ksivim Vloikarian, all these are written in the Torah, but they're not read. And the Gemara continues, Amr of Achaba'ada, when Rav Achaba'ada came from Eretz to Babel, he testified that Rav that even though the following Pasuk, which is in Pashas Yisrael, we have as one Pasuk, however in Eretz they split it up into three Pesukim, and the Pasuk is, that was considered one Pasuk, then Babel and then finally that even though we have this as one Pasuk, then Messiah was that this was three Psukim and we will stop over here.